Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight incredible women in STEM and discover who they are at home, at work, and everywhere in between. You can find all of our episodes online at podcast.swe.org or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Hello, I'm Laurie Schuster, Editor-in-Chief of SWE Magazine, and welcome to Diverse, a SWE podcast. We are live at WE23 in the Diverse Podcast Studio with Nima Nair, who's here to share her experiences living and working as an engineer in both the U.S. and India. Nima is currently the Design and Analysis Engineering Lead for the Engine Business segment of Cummins India, with a background in both the technical side as well as strategic leadership. With such a diverse and multifaceted background, I'm excited to dive right in and hear more about her story and her career advice for women engineers around the world. Welcome to the show, Nima. Thank you, Laurie. I'm happy to be here. I'd love to start off by hearing about your career journey and how you got started in STEM. Can you share a bit about what that looked like for you? Well, in India, when I was growing up, and I'm going to date myself here, there's a whole lot of emphasis on science and math. It's very different from what I've heard here. And so it was like the default. You did well in science and math. And then if you did well in science and math, you had two options in front of you, either medicine or engineering. And so I chose engineering. And I did mechanical engineering, went through school. Um, It was very rebellious. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, not many women at that point in mechanical engineering. But I was like... I'm going to do this. Um, Went through school and then wanted to kind of test something before the next default, which was to go get a master's in business administration and switch into the business side of things. I decided to test if I really understood engineering and did my master's in mechanical engineering here in the U.S. in the University of Louisville. And realized research is not for me, not in a lab. I'm a very personable person. I like people. And um, and then I joined Cummins thinking, oh, I'll work for a few years and then go do an MBA after that. And when they were looking for jobs, they basically said, what do you want to do? I said, anything but design. I'm not good at design. I've never done CAD really well. And in my head, that's what engineering looked like, right? And so they said, okay, why don't you come and do this CPE role? And I'm like, okay, whatever it is, as long as it's not design. (laughs) And then I realized it's combustion performance. And it's basically engine testing and tuning and calibration. And uh, my first day on the job, they sent me to the test cell. And there was a race engine in the test cell that we were trying to produce a thousand horsepower out of. And it was so cool. For the first time, I could see how engineering applicates in the real world. And from there on, I did a lot of truck testing, engine testing, calibration, tuning for a lot of countries. And it was amazing. It was an amazing journey. And I absolutely fell in love with engineering. And the rest is history. That sounds amazing. You've lived and worked both in the U.S. and India, so you have a first-hand perspective on the similarities and differences between these cultures. What are the key differences you've seen for women in India versus in the U.S. when it comes to pursuing a STEM career? Well, I think the biggest difference is there are a lot of women passing out in STEM fields in India. The percentages are really high. 
um, graduating out. Yeah, very high percentages. Um, there's a small city in the middle of Maharashtra and they have a pass out rate of 50% in women in engineering, which you know is unheard of here. But we can't seem to retain women in the workforce. It goes down drastically after they have families established and especially after kids, it goes down very drastically. And so the issues in, the, in India, and I co-chair the SWE India Corporate Council, and the issues we are trying to address is retention. And while we want to attract more women to the workforce, we want to make sure they stay there and that we are not leaking that pipeline continuously. For sure. What are some of the solutions that you think would help with respect to allowing women in India to have both a family and a career? So I think it's balance, but the first thing I think is recognizing what you want to do. Like for women, one of the things is as they're brought up in India with a lot of, uh, well, anywhere in the world, like anywhere in the world, a lot of... uh, expectations about what it means to be a woman in the society. I think deciding for oneself what it is that you want to achieve, what it is that you want to have, and there's no right or wrong answer for it. It's just what you want. Mm-hmm. I think that that is something we really need to kind of educate and empower women to do more of and make sure that they understand that they are not in competition with somebody else, mm. that it is their own life and that they can make those decisions. And with that clarity, I think we would be able to have more women in the workforce. It's so important to make sure women understand that it's their decision rather yes. than having it just be what the society expects for you. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, though. Yes. The whole time that you've been nurtured to think a certain way, uh, asking you to break that mold is really difficult. But that's what we'll have to do. What are common pitfalls that you see that women in engineering could proactively avoid so they can enjoy successful careers? I think... Of late, what I see is because I interact a lot with uh, college students and people who are early career is trying to chase the new shiny thing, Mm. right? I think fundamentals in engineering is really important. And so figuring out what fundamental engineering concept or job you want to specialize in in the first five to ten years of your career is really important and that will help you apply yourself in any field in any new technology going forward because you'll be able to ask the right questions you'll be able to learn the new technology in the right way but the first five to ten years you have to kind of stay and you have to sink deep into one aspect of fundamental engineering. So find a focus, essentially. Find a focus area. Um, And it's hard because everyone's throwing things at you now. But that's something I think is really important. Yeah. You're also a big champion for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Why are those values important to you? And what does advocacy look like in your professional and personal life? For me, it has been a journey of discovering my own privileges and discovering my own voice. And that has led me to this area of championing because I feel really powerful advocating for others. And so that 
I think you got to find that in yourself. You got to find that thing that you really, really care about, and you have to advocate for it. Uh, not only does it make other people feel more powerful, it makes you feel more powerful in that situation. That's interesting. And so, for me, diversity, equity, and inclusion has been a huge facet of who I am, and discovering that I can actually have a voice and be clear about things that people may not be clear about and advocating for people who may be shy about using their voice or cannot use their voice. And so that's been a big part of who I am. That sounds really cool. I know that there's a saying that if you want to learn something really well, teach it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's sort of what you're saying. If you want to advocate for yourself, advocate for others or for everyone. Yeah. And, and it, sometimes it's just about telling people you can do it and they, that's all they need to hear. And I think it's, it's been a really nice journey. Networking is such an important piece when it comes to career advancement. Can you share some advice on how women engineers, both in India and the U.S., can build and leverage their professional networks? So networking is used a lot as something that you should do. But I think people don't recognize that there can be different types of networks, right? So your friends whom you de-stress with and have better mental health with is a network. And you have to nurture that network and you nurture it differently from a network that is a network that you would tap into finding your next new job. So the most important thing is to say, okay, this is what I'm trying to do in my life. And these are the kind of things I will need help in or support in. And then build a network around that and be very intentional about it. Um, you cannot fake your way through this. There is no, hey, hi, I know you today. And then tomorrow tap that person for a job. That doesn't happen, right? Right. It has to be genuine. It has to be true to who you are. If you are an introvert, you're not going to be comfortable in a room of 17,000 people like we have today. Right. <laughs> right. And going to everybody and saying hi and giving your name and exchanging numbers or staying in touch. But you can meet two people or three people right. that you will find some common ground with and that common ground will nurture that relationship and that's more powerful than trying to build numbers in your network and so I think opportunities like SWE and the conferences are great opportunities to build your network and uh, finding common ground that makes sense I heard a young woman asked a question yesterday about she was just coming into her career for the first time and she wanted to know how to build a network from scratch when you're just coming out of college and into your first job. Do you have any advice for someone who's just coming into their career on building a network? Yeah, I think, I mean, there are several tools out there and available that I would recommend reading. One of them will appeal to you and make sure that you can at least get started. But my advice is to go into events like this. And, you know, when you go into a session, there are like 100 sessions that are going on this three days, this yes. last three days. And you go into a session which appeals to you and is a topic you're you know, you want to know more about, there are another 50 women in that room who also this session appeals to and you want, they want to know about. There is your common ground. Build that network. And when you go out and you go for Pilates, there's a network there. And so, you know, you've got hmm. to figure out 
starting small and not overwhelm yourself with people who are out there who have these massive networks of course you'll find them and when you do you know latch onto them but um you got to find your own network and build your own and it takes time don't rush into it that makes sense yeah are there any last thoughts that you'd like to leave our audience with before we wrap up i think just make sure that you know that you are absolutely where you are meant to be and know that you are headed in the direction you want to go and feel empowered in your story and i think that's really really all this is about thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today about your journey and advice for women engineers around the globe i'm laurie schuster and from all of us at swe thanks for listening Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight incredible women in STEM and discover who they are at home, at work, and everywhere in between. You can find all of our episodes online at podcast.swe.org or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts.